This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Freaking first cut. Golly! Mega preview pod, coach. Look at this team I put together. I got the coach here. What up, coach? Let's go. Let's go. A lot to talk about today and a lot to kind of throw against the wall to see what sticks. Kyle Porter is here. KP, welcome. Flight tracker season. Let's do it. <laughs> here it is. Let's jump into it. Why, why wait? It says in the outline, quick on Tigers jet in Augusta. Yeah, right. I'm not sure that's going to be entirely possible, Jacob. So uh, <laughs> it's here. Tiger Woods' jet has landed. In Augusta and Sports Illustrated, amongst others, coach reporting that he's out there right now whacking him around. He's getting a practice round in Charlie in tow. Justin Thomas also in attendance, seeming like Tiger is doing whatever it takes to see if he is ready for next Thursday. Yeah, this is completely on brand for Tiger. What was it at the Riviera where Jim Nance asked him straight to his face? When are you going to? I don't know. I'm very, very frustrated in my comebacks. Everything he could do to deflect. And not talk about the Masters. Now, full disclosure, you guys know I've talked about it here on the show that I've been friends with Joe LaCava for several years. And the one thing that Tiger loves about Joe the most is his fierce loyalty. Mm-hmm. And when he gets very, very quiet, because he doesn't want anything to come out of his camp, that means there's something going on historically. I've tried to reach out to Joe. I've tried to get some information. And it's just not happening. And so it tells me, that something is going on, and we now know he's out there. And if he here, here's what I believe will happen. He's going to play today. I think he will try to play tomorrow. The reason for that, he's got to see how his leg responds to two days of walking that course. It's not like walking the you know the Bears Club down in, in West Palm. So if he can make it through not just one day, but two days, and his leg feels okay, I think he'll do everything in his power to tee it up next Thursday, which in my opinion will be one of the top – five biggest golf stories of all time of all time joey joey lacava working on that do not disturb button on the phone right <laughs> yeah, now he's, yeah. he's got uh locked in kp this is uh it's happening right like i tweeted this out a day or two ago like we're gonna get we knew we were gonna get a report that he was at least gonna play a practice round but it's a little bit different when it's actually happening and now i just feel like if he's gonna play like <sighs> What has to happen for him to play practice rounds that he, and he doesn't end up teeing it up on Thursday? I just, I think we're, we're destined for it now. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I, I think what's so, and I said this, I think on Sunday, I think what's so interesting about this, and I would love coach's take on this because he's, he's closer to it and, and been, been doing this for a long time, but it, it's such a break from what we've seen historically from Tiger in that the, and coach, this is what I said on Sunday, you weren't on here, but like, the line that we always get from Tiger at tournament is, "Hey, I'm I'm here to win, right? I'm here to win the win the tournament." And even he can't realistically believe 
that he can win the the 2022 Masters, right? He hasn't played a a, a professional event in 17 months. Uh, he's coming off a injury in which he admitted that it was like a 50 50 chance that he would lose his leg, and so he would be coming back in a scenario in which he, he wouldn't be a ceremonial golfer. It's not like he would be Ian Woosnam out there, right, or Sandy Lyle out there, but he would be coming back honestly, like for the festivity of it, for being at the Masters, which is great, like is totally fine. And and I would celebrate that. And I think that any tournament that Tiger's at is is better than a tournament that he's not at, right? But it would be kind of a, a deviation from from what we've always seen from him, which is like, hey, I'm here to win the golf tournament. And even he can't realistically believe that that's a possibility going into next week if he does play. I would normally agree with that. I really, really would. And I think part of me does agree with that. But I go back to 2009 when he was off and he came back at the Masters. And what did he do that year? And I know it wasn't an injury. It was different. But he finished it was, fourth. It was 10, fourth. right? I think it was 10. It was it 10? 10? Yeah, to Nine 10, into right. 10, yeah. Correct, correct. And so I think that a part of him believes what you're saying. I also believe, because he is Tiger Woods, that he believes that he could show up on one golf course over any others, anywhere in the world, that he feels the most comfortable. Now, do I think he's going out there for the feel of it? Do I think he's got past the point of having to win every time? Yes, I believe you're absolutely right. But I think that is true. And I think for his rehab, I think for his mental uh, stability, for him telling himself, I can get back, I think this would do wonders for that. If he can go to a place where he's going to be beloved, he's going to be – all the cameras are going to be on him. Everything is going to be about Tiger. And I think he craves that. I think he wants that. And I think that's why he's going to do everything in his power to tee it up next Thursday. Yeah, I think it, what you're saying is is correct about him showing up in 10. He hadn't played. He was also, what, 34 at the time and yeah, not 40, right. 46. Yep. And yep. so I do think that, like, honestly, like, I think mentally he can just make the cut. Like, I think he's that smart and that like wise around Augusta that he could play and make the cut, even not having played an OWGR event in 17 months. <laughs> it's crazy. It, it crazy. is crazy. And I think, and maybe that's enough. Like, and it, like, and I think the point here, because he kind of admitted that 18 leading into 19, he had to build up to it. Like you have to start somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think that, um, you know, for him, like for us, we're like, oh, well, it's it's Augusta, and that's like a hard place to walk. And for him, it's like, well, actually, this is one of the courses that mentally I'm the best at. So maybe that's actually a good place to start to kind of build back up to whatever he's going to eventually be. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's what he's thinking. But man, I'm fascinated by it. Like, is he gonna I have too. a press conference next week? Is he if he if he does play? Is he? I mean, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a circus. It's going to be a Complete and total circus. And I can't remember if I said this on the pod on Sunday, but take yourself back to Kiowa. Phil's getting the trophy last year. We hadn't seen Tiger in six months, five months since, since he played the PNC championship. Try to imagine convincing yourself at that moment that Tiger would be playing the Masters, but Phil would not uh, 10 months later. I, I think that part of it, that aspect of it is pretty pretty wild.
Yeah. It's it's absolutely bonkers. I, I imagine um, just with the, you know, jet tracking season that we're in and everybody on the lookout that a lot of this stuff is going to change. So we'll, we'll, we'll put a pin in it here because we might get a Tiger update uh, before we know it. But the idea, Coach, that uh, this is your, your last chance for some of these guys who are not in the field at the Masters to go out there and punch that ticket, uh, get yourself into uh, the, the best tournament of the year. There is still a lot on the line this week, the Valero Texas Open. I've always felt like if I was a player on the PGA Tour that I would be one of those guys that would want to play the week before the Masters. And the reason being is I've always had a tendency in my sports career to get really, really hyped for the big events. And the longer I have to prepare for that, the worse it's going to be for me and my anxiety and how hyped I get because I'm a high-energy guy. So when you look at this week, and to be honest with you, I was shocked at how many top players are playing this week. I believe it's 21 that are playing this week that are in the field next week, including Rory, Spieth, Hideki. I mean, all these big names. So I'm ready for the Valera Texas Open, but I, I that also thinks it speaks to guys where players believe they need to be heading into the Masters. And everything has changed now. Because of all the young players, we know all the stats about the top five being under 30. Everything has changed. It's no longer the old man's game. And I think you're seeing a lot of these younger players say, I'll go play in Texas and I'll be just fine to show up on Monday uh, at Augusta. Well, Rory McIlroy playing this event, as Coach notes, KP, that's a change. That's new. He would normally play the match play and he would take off until the Masters and now with the constant looming when the masters complete the career grand slam mixing it up a little bit. I like this. I think this is sharp. Put your attention on the Valero instead of thinking about that tee shot on Thursday morning or that opening round on Thursday morning at the masters, because he's, kind of played himself out of some major championships on Thursday in recent years. I think this is pretty sharp by Rory. I'm excited to see how this pans out. Yeah, Rory, I think Rory's tried everything uh, when it comes to to pre-Masters prep, right? We've seen him take, you know, play four weeks leading in. We've seen him take the month. I mean, he, we've seen a bunch of different iterations of Masters prep. I think he should just, uh, I, I think I joked about this last year, but I think he should just show up on uh, Thursday? Thursday morning at Augusta, <laughs> just roll in, fly in early on Thursday, roll up to the first tee, ask what the course record is. It's 63 Rory and, and see what happens. Right. Like that's, I think sometimes he's just, he's so mindful that he just gets, he just, his mind just gets in, you know, he twisted in a, in a pretzel. And it's just like, he, he has that round of 41 or 39, or whatever that that completely takes him out of it. But I am excited. You know, he is, I think he's kind of low key, had a pretty good year that people haven't necessarily recognized because he hasn't played that much. He's only played three PGA tour events. I think two, maybe three uh, European tour events, but his numbers are good. And I tweeted this out on Monday. He's one of like seven or eight guys that is kind of at that strokes game T to green number that we see traditionally from winners at the masters going into the masters it's it's him it's scheffler i don't i i should have it in front that of was me. a it's, great tweet yeah i actually retweeted that that was really cool it's uh neiman zalatoris rom 
JT, Shane Lowry, Rory, Luke List, and Scotty Scheffler. So these are guys that are 1.7 strokes gained T to green or better in the three months leading into the Masters. And eight of the last 10 Masters winners have been at that number leading into the Masters, which just indicates that you're playing like a really high quality of golf, right? The only two that weren't were Hideki last year. He hadn't played that well going into Augusta. I didn't remember Mm -hmm. that. And then Patrick Reed in 2018, who was playing pretty well, but not quite at uh, the level that we that we have traditionally seen a Masters winner come out of. So I think Rory is um, – I think – yeah, there's a tweet right there if you're watching on YouTube. I think that Rory is – is uh, obviously, he's interesting at Augusta because he's going for the career slam. But I think he's also interesting this week because he's been playing quietly at a pretty high level so far this year. Yeah, and he's doing it in a way that is kind of true to his own DNA, driving it really, really well. Coach, I want to kind of circle back on this because you mentioned mm. if Tiger plays, or even if he doesn't, it's going to kind of be a Tiger circus. And mm. that might be good for Rory McElroy to not be the main focus. Greg has been really sharp on this, that guys that do eventually complete the career grand slam usually do it quickly. One yeah. of their first, like, you know, three or four opportunities to do it, because once you start thinking about it and you've had a lot, it's, it's a really hard mountain to climb physically and mentally. I wonder if a tiger circus uh, is actually a benefit for Rory McElroy flying under the radar. Well, I've got to change what you just said. I don't think it's going to be good for Rory. I think it's going to be great for Rory McIlroy. I think you are spot on. And here's the thing. I think I may have said this on the show before. Back when I worked the Masters uh, a few years in 14, 15, and 16, I think were the years, the thing that shocked me the most was going out and watching Rory in a practice round. And, And players practice all kinds of different ways. He was always by himself. And I thought that was kind of strange because, you know, you have to sign up for your tee time. You have to meet the guys. But it, it spoke volumes to me that for a guy who's so social, for a guy that's so respected, for a guy that people like so much, that you would practice all the time at Augusta by yourself. That shows me the pressure he's put himself under. Because let's think about it, guys. It, it is less than what? How, how many players have won the career Grand Slam? Five? Is it six? Yeah, five. Five, five. So you're talking about one hand. I think all of us would put pressure on ourselves if we had a chance to do something only five human beings in the history of time have ever done. He's got to figure out a way to forget about what it means and just go out there and play Rory McIlroy golf. And if all the stuff is on Tiger, and what I also think will help him is if he's playing in the same wave, so to speak, as Tiger. Because if he tees off at afternoon and Tiger tees off at 8, now you still got the focus. But if they both tee off at 8, 820, 830. Now he's covered by that umbrella too. So I think the tea time is also going to be an important thing to look at. Yeah. I, I talked to Rory about this a couple of years ago at Bay Hill and coach is right. Like he does not enjoy, I don't know if he's ever said this publicly, but he does not enjoy the hoopla around the, the lead into Augusta. And I, maybe that's part of the reason he hasn't played that much because it's just always like, and, and I think it's lessened over time. Like remember how intense it was after he won uh, Hoy Lake in 14 and then going into 15 when Spieth won the Masters, 16, 17. And I think we've gotten to 2022 and it's like, oh yeah, Rory's still going for the career grand slam. So I think it's lessened, but the Tiger thing would, would, would uh, minimize it even more, which I think is probably I, I don't know if ultimately it 
affects like how he actually plays. But I think mentally it puts him in a better spot going into Augusta than than he otherwise would be. Five golfers have completed the modern uh, career Grand Slam. KP, you've got the uh, trophy emoji next to your name, so I've got to keep you sharp. Would you like to take a crack at the five? Yeah, it's uh, Tiger. That's one. Who's done it three times? That's correct. <laughs> uh, Nicholas, who's done it three times? Also correct, yeah. Uh, Hogan. Yep. Gary Player. Correct. And one more. Uh, Gene Sarazen. Ding, ding, ding. That's oh, my piece. The trivia. Sarazen, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the original Grand Slam has been accomplished by Bobby Jones. That was the amateur instead of right. which is winning all of those. So uh, that's the deal there. Uh, our defending champion here, Coach Hideki Matsuyama. This is kind of a an interesting little situation leading into the Masters because Hideki's playing this week. Hideki is uh, one of the favorites to win the Valero Texas Open. We have not seen him uh, since the Arnold Palmer Invitational. He withdrew before he teed it off at the Players' Championship. He's been dealing with this back injury. He's already got a victory in the calendar year. And I imagine, if correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of his focus is going to be on next week as opposed to maybe what he does in San Antonio. I don't think there's any question. For him, playing this week, I think is all about can you make it through four rounds healthy? And I don't know what I have on my forehead, but apparently whoever I decide to pick or bet on that particular week all of a sudden has a back injury right before they tee it off on Thursday, and I get screwed on all my picks. But for Hideki, can he not only get through the four days, but can he get through and have his top game, like what we saw in Hawaii where he came back from five down on the back nine to win over Russell Henley? That's the Hideki we need to see. How does he handle the hoopla? Because it's one thing for an American, guys, we've seen it. But we've also seen out at the course when an Asian player is a top player. And that's a different kind of hoopla. That's a different kind of attention. They've got guys that fly over here and simply follow those golfers. I would love to have a job like that, to be honest with you. But that's pressure when you've got an entire country on your back, like what Hideki has. So I'm very, very interested to see where his game is. But then also how he handles all the stuff he's going to have to do with an interpreter, with all the stuff. It's not just going out and doing the interviews. It's it's harder for him. So it's going to be an interesting two weeks for Hideki for sure. Yeah, we have the victory at the Sony Open, KP. But even two starts before that, he won the Zozo. I mean, this has been a really good stretch of golf for Hideki. You hope he's healthy. If he's healthy, he can contend any week, especially this week. But this kind of multiple-week stretch, is it's going to be really kind of fun to see how he plays. Well, I think I think what's interesting is I, I didn't compare the two, but I think his play this year leading into the Masters, honestly, has probably been better than it was last year. Oh, I think it's been it, Yeah. Last year he was at off the top of my head, I think 0.7 strokes gain T to green in the in like from January one up into the Masters, which is uh is not great. It's fine. Um and then he won the Masters. So he 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 didn't really have any indication. I mean, I was looking at his results leading into last year, and there was no like, oh, Hideki kind of popped up here. Mm-hmm. There was no indication that that it was like coming and then he was just lights out on the weekend. And that that's a little bit kind of the ethos of Hideki though, right? Is that he can just, he can just catch fire and it's like, Hey, this is, I know he can't putt, but this is over. Like it doesn't matter. Um, so I, I think for me with Hideki, I don't 
think he's going to go out and repeat at Augusta. That's so difficult to do. And, and, um, you know, like coach said, like there's so much, so many new things that week, the champions dinner and like, there's just so there's more new stuff at Augusta when you're the champion from the year before than anywhere else. And it just makes it, it, it really makes it difficult. Um, and I, but I do, I, the thing that I'm excited about with Hideki is just the celebration, celebration. of, um, who he is, what he did and what golf is globally, um, as seen through the, the prism of, of Hideki Matsuyama. And I think that we'll get, we got some of that last year when he won the front of the masters.com read Hideki Matsuyama wins in Japanese, which is sweet. Like it was, it was so cool. And we'll get more of that next week. So I, I, I think for me, I'm less like, oh, if Hideki plays well at Texas, I really think he has a chance to win. I don't. I don't think he's going to win the Masters again. But I am excited about kind of celebrating Hideki over the next couple of weeks. All right, we'll celebrate Hideki. We will see about Tiger and Rory and everything else involved. Wow. But we are going to deep dive this Valero Texas Open because we've got our best bets, our sleepers, our top tens, our picks to win. And of course, the one and done segment in which I've got the results for the fan one and done. They're making a move on us. We're going to get to all that. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. All right, time for our best bets. This is where we go over to Caesar Sportsbook. We scour every square inch of the site, and we come back with what we feel is the best possible bet that we can make. Coach, let's go to you first. You have okay. a top 20 wager that you have locked in as your best bet. Charlie Hoffman just plays great here. For some reason, no matter what his form is, when he comes to the Valero Texas Open, he just plays well. So at plus 200, I'll take a top 20 for Charlie. If Mark Immelman was here, he could say Charlie Hoffman can roll out of bed and finish inside. The <laughs> at TPC San Antonio, it's 2.4 strokes gained per round over 44 rounds. It is very, very, very elite course history. If Hoffman does indeed finish inside the top 20, it'll be plus 200 KP. You're going a little bit deeper or higher up the leaderboard. You have a top 10 wager for this week. Who is it? Yeah, Chris Kirk. Uh, he's been playing really well. And his, his course history at uh, TPC San Antonio is not, it's not quite as good as Charlie Hoffman, but it's it, wow. honestly, it's not that far away. Like he's it's been really, <laughs> yeah, he's been really good at this golf course. I think I don't have it in front of me, but I think he's got two top tens in his last three starts. Um, if I'm remembering correctly. 
And then he's just kind of quietly been playing really good golf. Um, three good tournaments in a row before missing the cut at the players. Players is just so weird and wonky. And I, I, I tend to kind of throw that one out when I'm evaluating stuff. So I, I, I do like him this week because I think that there's, I think there's win equity there with him um, in a way that maybe some of the guys that are 30, 40, 50 to one that, that maybe there's not as much. Last three years for Chris Kirk at TPC San Antonio, uh, or excuse me, last five years, he has three top 15 finishes. He actually has, in his last six years, four top 15 finishes. Six. Yeah, he's he's been good here. Eighth, eighth, and 13th. I'll go with Maverick McNeely over Tony Finau. I will not be fooled by Tony Finau's <laughs> uh, birdie fest against Xander Shoffley in a meaningless match at the match play, and I really like the way McNeely sets up more on him in just a bit. Let's move on to our picks for this week, our sleepers, our top tens, our winners. Uh, KP, I'll bounce this right back to you here. Your sleeper actually had kind of the tweet of the day. <laughs> did you see this? He, uh, I did. He's, he's at the gate on his Southwest flight, and he just took a picture and said, "If anybody wants to track me, uh, here's the flight number." <laughs> that was that was pretty that was pretty good. Uh, he's another guy that has a good uh, course history here. I've got it. Uh, I think I've got it right here. Yeah. So at the very top, Corey Connors, Charlie Hoffman, Jordan Spieth have all been really good on this golf course, but just behind them is Kevin Streelman. He finished, he didn't play last year. The year before that, he finished sixth. The year before that, he finished T eight. He kind of outperforms his, um, uh, kind of his baseline at TPC San Antonio. And, and while his, his, I'm kind of basing my sleeper being him more on his course history here than his recent performance. His recent performance has been okay, but this is more of a play on uh, how good he's been at this golf course over the last three or four years. Yeah, Kevin Struman actually 1.7 strokes gains per round. That's the uh, at TPC San Antonio, the best of any course uh, on the schedule. And he's coming in with uh, three top 25s in his last four starts. He's 40 to one. That's Kyle Sleeper. Coach, your sleeper just a little bit longer, 50 to one. Who is it? Uh, it's Davis Riley. And real quick, Stone Cold Steve Austin years ago told me, when you make a lot of money, don't cheat yourself. Treat yourself. I am so tired of hearing these stories about these professionals. What in the world is going on? Buy a first-class ticket, get in first class, and let's move on down the road. This whole sitting in the C-section is crazy to me. Now, back to my pick. Davis Riley. If we remember, it wasn't that long ago, a week, when he lost in the playoff to Sam Burns at the Valspar. This kid is good. He's got yeah. Justin Thomas's stamp of approval, and right now his numbers are still where you can bet them, and actually it means something because once he gets a victory, I believe he's going to be down in the plus 3,000 range or lower. So take advantage of the situation now before he gets that win. I didn't think we were going to get a Stone Cold Steve Austin reference on the show today, <laughs> but we have now checked off that box. Davis Riley, 50-1 to 1 for <laughs> The coach, I'm going with Doc Redman. KP, I've been describing his progress as kind of like turning around a battleship. It's been slow, but it's happening. <laughs> we're starting we're starting to see signs of Doc kind of returning to that form about a year ago where he finished inside the top five at Wyndham and he had a couple of good runs, 151, 150 to one in a weak field. Uh, I will take the Doc and see what happens. Yeah, he he's 
I think I didn't have high expectations for him coming out of Clemson and he, then he exceeded them and now he's kind of fallen back off a little bit, but um, yeah, I mean, one fifty to one is a pretty good number for somebody like him. Who's, who's had a lot of success early on in his career on, on tour. Top 10 wagers coach your top 10 plus three thirty. This is your best bet. So you are, no, I'm sorry. That's this is my best bet. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Kyle's best bet. So coach, you and Kyle are uh, synergizing this week. I don't need to say anything. Kyle already laid it out. I'm good. Top 10, Chris Kirk. Let's go. Plus 330. Okay, KP, you are not worried about the six matches over five days. You're going with Corcon <laughs> to finish inside the top 10 at plus 200 this week. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not not worried about it, but his course history here is just so good. I mean, we talk about Charlie Hoffman, and Connors has been right there with him, if not slightly better. Um obviously he's playing well with the the third place finish at at uh Austin Country Club last week. Um so yeah, I I think Hoffman is like the easy kind of cliche guy here, but Connors has been uh right there with him in his in his three starts at uh TPC San Antonio. Monday qualified for this event and won it, which was, I think he was the fifth guy to ever do that. Has anybody done that since? Nobody's done it since, right? Or Nate Nate Lashley didn't Monday qualify. He just got in late. He did Monday qualify, and then he didn't get in, but then he got in uh, as an alternate. He, so he didn't technically Monday qualify in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Corey Connors plus 200 top 10 for KP. I'm going with Brendan Steele plus 450. He has uh, figured out in the last couple of starts his ball striking. He is still firmly a member of team no putt, but uh, he puts pretty well at TPC San Antonio. So I will take my chances on a past champion at four and a half to one. All right, coach, uh, your winner for this week provides 35 to one odds. If he is able to hoist the trophy on Sunday evening, who is it? Well, I, I have a feeling that come Wednesday night, we're going to see a report that Adam Hadwin has a bulging disc in his neck oh, or no. something because I'm picking him. But plus 3,500, Adam Hadwin has been terrific. The players, top five. Valspar, again, backed it up with another strong finish. I think that he is on the verge of getting a victory, and I want to get ahead of it. Plus 3,500 is a great number for a guy who is arguably playing as good as golf as anybody uh, outside of Scotty Scheffler on the entire PGA Tour. Yeah, and arguably playing some of the best golf of his career. Whatever he learned in the five weeks uh, between the end of last year and the 2022 calendar year, I'm going to need him to send me because he's figured, <laughs> he's figured something out. He's got a good swing yeah. thought. He's got something going on. It's working. Uh, I'm going to go with Abraham Answer here. I narrowed this down to a couple of guys. Answer's 20 to 1. I'm a little bit concerned about the putter, but what I think a lot of people don't realize about TPC San Antonio and the fact that it's been pretty darn dry for the last month or so, these fairways are going to run. It's going to be 7,400 mm-hmm. yards on paper. It's not going to play anywhere close to that. So I, I think guys that keep it in play like Answer do have a pretty good chance here. And KP, you are rocking and rolling with Chris Kirk as your winner this week. <laughs> yep. We've talked about it like three times now, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think it would be a really, he, he's not in the masters, is he? Well, he's not top 50 and he hasn't won 
So yeah, I, I don't think he no. is. I would say no. So I think yeah. that'd be a pretty cool story if he were to to go out and win and, and get himself into Augusta as like the ninety second guy in in this field. Yes, I yeah. believe the. Uh, I don't want to say that because I don't know if that's accurate. I was going to make a comment about who the highest ranked player was, who's not in, but I'm, I'm not sure if that's accurate. Uh, Chris Kirk, currently the 85th ranked golfer in the world. Uh, okay, gentlemen, so here's what we've got to do. We've got to do our one and done selections. And and uh, Jacob, I'll give you a heads up now. I've got the fan vote results. So when we come back, don't reveal the big board. I'll, 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 uh, I'll tease this a little bit for the chat because uh, I know who they are selecting and who they are not selecting. But first... We're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire now streaming on Paramount Plus. And we're back. One and done. Coach, uh, before we unveil the big board, before I unveil the fan selection, they are now nipping at your heels. The fans went with Scotty Scheffler last week and yeah. banked the full 2.1 million bucks. So they've jumped Kyle and Sia and Greg and myself. And now they are targeting you uh, less than $500,000 in your tail. Well, what what I need to understand is there is an art to trash talking and I can give it as well as I can receive it. But when a player gets hurt literally on the first tee and doesn't tell anybody talking trash on that to me, is completely out of bounds. It's completely out of bounds. Luckily, Greg did not do that, or we would have had a big-time issue. But I still feel like the fans and I are at odds, so they can nip all they want. This is as close as they're going to get. So let's go. The other thing with... Thank you. The other thing with... so irritating. The other thing with Greg is the guy that he was super high on, Russell Henley, got the same amount of points that Paul Casey did last week. So there was really not much crowing to be had, I don't believe. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So I'm actually oh going to start at the bottom, but I, I want to unveil okay. uh, the fan selection here. So the fans okay. this week, uh, and Elijah has sent me the, the results of this. So thank you very much, uh, Elijah. So uh, at 9.5% in third place, a tie – not the fans one and done selection. It's not Jordan Spieth and it's not Maverick McNeely. Okay. They finished third okay. in the fan vote. Okay. Second in the fan vote with 15% of the vote, Abraham answer, not the fans selection. Uh, okay. So, with 34% of the vote, gentlemen, the fans one and done pick, Corey. Oh, Connors. no. A good pick. I like that. I wanted to pick him. I've already used him. They're going with him. They're going with Corey Connors off the long week at the match play. The guy who's won this event before. They're taking Corcon. Sometimes I say it on the show or I say it on the early edge, our award winning daily show, that there are levels to this game. And the fans are now showing that they're not on my level. Because if they were on my level, they wouldn't pick Corey Connors. And this is not sliding Kyle. Okay, I got more respect for KP than maybe anybody. But the fans need to understand 
that you cannot pick a guy in your one and done because you're trying to maximize points. He's either going to win or miss the cut, but not win. So I like the fact that they picked him. It's a wasted pick, and I'm good with it. All right, Jacob, unveil the big board here, and we'll start in our normal spot. And unfortunately, KP, that's where you are, my friend. $1.6 million, $400,000 behind Sia Najat. I will tell you, you won't make up any room on Sia this week because you guys have both uh, picked Chris Kirk, but hopefully you can kind of make a dent in the rest of the field. Yeah, I I, I feel – I I mean, the rest of the way, I'm just trying to, to be – contrarian right and so this is what <laughs> this is what Sia and I did at the players with John Rom, which John Rom's not super contrarian but it was contrarian in terms of um nobody else had picked him and it didn't work out for us there I think he finished t56 but I I regardless of like obviously Corey Connors is better than Chris Kirk uh, Adam Hadwin's probably playing better than him but I just I'm glad that nobody else other than Sia ahead of me has him. Um, so yeah, I, I feel pretty good about this week. KP at 1.6, Sia at 2 million, both going with Chris Kirk. I'm at 3.3. I'm going with Maverick McNeely here. I'm uh, believing the hype. Greg is going with the general, General Patton Kazire, <laughs> 3.5 million dollars. And uh, Coach Greg, I think Greg maybe took the fan selection the hardest last week. You know, we were he was prepared for the fans to pass Kyle and pass Sia. He was not prepared for a big leap where now he got swiped by the fans. So I, I think he was really feeling it last week. Well, well, and it's pretty it's pretty clear from his pick this week that he doesn't have any – his head is swirling right now. Right now he's, he's feeling all the pressure because they did pass him. Otherwise, why would he pick Pat and Kazire this week? I love this. I love that everybody's starting to get in their heads – because this is when I start to take over, baby. So please, Greg, continue to make these picks. Let's go. Uh, Greg, at 3.55 million, the fans 3.58. They are, of course, going with Corey Connors. Coach, you're at 4 million bucks, a guy you're very high on, and you are spending Adam Hadwin. You know what? You know what's crazy is that I, I've picked a double this year, so I wasted that week. I had a guy pull out on the first hole last week. So basically, I've had two open weeks. And yet I'm still sitting in third. So I'm not giving away anything else. There's not going to be any more open weeks for me. Adam Hadwin, book it. And I'll take, I would actually take a second place. I need about 600, 700. I don't need to catch Jacob this week. But Mark is going nowhere because he has Corey Connors. So right now it's all about the jeweler. That's in my sights. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Mark's been stuck uh, at five-ish million for a long time. I'm just looking mm -hmm. through his results here. Yeah, this is uh, – oh, boy. Okay, his last – KP, let's see here. His last 13 events, he has a total of 700,000. He got off to a really hot start and a little bit of treading water here in the last three months. I don't know that I'm the person that needs to be evaluating how how little how little money other people have made, but yeah, that's not very good. <laughs> well, well, you guys, I, I told you what he told me two weeks ago at dinner that his entire thought process is now what is coach going to pick, so he can he can decide off of that. And I told him, I said, if that's your philosophy, you're going nowhere. Yeah, and the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, I will tell you, KP, in that 13 event stretch. 
He's made 700 something thousand. You've made a million. So you have outpaced Mark Stink during on the it. recent stretch. So you can batch yes. his life. This is like <laughs> this is like a Rory backdoor top 10 on Sunday. <laughs> it's just it doesn't they all count. It doesn't, baby. They all count. It, all yeah. count. Uh, I love this. Jacob. Ooh. Jacob's oh. on a heater, baby. Jacob in his last four weeks. Come in here, Jacob. Uh, four weeks, 1.7 million bucks. You are now over 5 million. And while Mark treads water, you are just Michael Phelps and buy him. <laughs> yeah. And you know, what's great about that too, is I've had eight missed cuts on the season as well. So we're, yeah, yeah I do see that <laughs> we're going for just like the, the contrarian popper approach, which is why we take Kisner last week. And which is why this week we're taking our guy. See woo shaking that shaking that shaking that shaking just decent decent course history. This is a this is a horse for course type of move. Uh, maybe the recent form isn't as great as you would like to see it, but hopefully there's something he likes here. See woo Kim for Jacob. Jacob, while while you're here, just play the Mark Wrong drop. I haven't heard it in a while. Wrong. Wrong. That's so good. <laughs> it, it sounds like he's here. Like, really? Uh, Mark is in lockstep with the fans. So the fans will not make up ground on Mark this week because Mark has also gone with Corey Connors, but they can continue their ascent up the board. So just to recap, Mark going with Corey Connors, Jacob with Siwoo Kim. The coach has gone with Adam Hadwin. The fans also with Corey Connors, Greg Patton Kazire. I'm going with Maverick McNeely while Sia Najad and Kyle Porter go with Chris Kirk. Ooh, doggy. Uh, I love it. Small I love side it. of purses, KP, but we are going to get a big purse next week. We're going to enter major championship season. Uh, lots of money on the line, obviously. Yeah, there is. I, I'm. I. I feel like half my brain is already into next week. I mean, obviously, we'll be watching and covering this, but it's so hard at this time of year. Like starting with probably match play, where you're like, okay, I'm already thinking about Augusta and trying to figure that out and trying to to solve like who's playing well and and all those things. So this will be kind of low key fun with what it means for Spieth, Rory, Hideki. And uh, some of those other guys going into next week, but I'm also already prepped for Sunday night when it's Masters week. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I was going to mention this before we get out of here. I know you got to get on HQ, but KP, we um, we lasted until the 41 minute mark before yes. we mentioned Jordan Spieth, and uh, he's the defending champion. Crazy! And what in the world, like? What is the de- what's the deal with Jordan Spieth? Coach, do you know do you know how many top 10 Spieth has this season? So uh, back to September or whenever the season started. I'm going to say cuz he hasn't done anything. I'm going to say 0. I think it's 1. Pebble? 1. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that- it was Pebble cuz cuz he he got beat at the end. He he was in the lead all, you know, for 2 or 3 days. It has to be Pebble. I think he has quietly been playing not good. Because it's been weird because it feels like we're sort of um, – he's one of those guys that gets evaluated by by what he does at major championships, right? And so we remember last year, and it's like, oh, he played so well at Augusta, and then he nearly won the Open Championship over Morikawa. And it's it 
it feels like we're letting that kind of linger into 2022. And it's like, wait a second, Spieth's not playing very well. And obviously his course history at Augusta, he could flip that around. Yeah, his swing is... What is that, Kyle? I mean, somebody brought this up and I I can't not notice it now, but even on the commercial, there's like a, uh, some, some commercial that he's on with Cameron McCormick and you're like, he is like grinding and it's not pretty. And that's yeah. the the Dustin Johnson commercial that he's in. He hits it from like a million yards away to two inches. The the commercial that Jordan speaks (laughs) in, he's grinding on the range. (laughs) No, you know, when they do the, uh, the swing tracer where it like does the, like the, shape in midair speeds is looks like a just something my two-year-old would draw it's just like <laughs> uh, it's not great and, and i just i i'm not going to be the one to proclaim this or maybe maybe i will be but i i i'm a little concerned about where he's at it's just not it's, it's just not good and i feel like nobody's really in the same way that nobody's talking about how rory is playing pretty well nobody's really talking about how speed at least statistically and with his finishes is kind of not and i'm i'm intrigued that that hasn't been more of a talking point so far this year yeah we're just going to ignore it and hope it goes away and figure <laughs> the problems i deal with in my life <laughs> and, and he he has shown a propensity to figure it out at majors um he was awesome at the masters last year he he's already got I think he's got three or four green jackets already, uh, even though the media guide says just one. Um, so I don't, I don't know that it necessarily affects how I'm thinking about him for Augusta next week, but it's definitely in the back of my mind and probably in the back of his too, because it just hasn't looked as good as it did this time last year when he was really bouncing back heading into Augusta. Fascinating subplot to this week's Valero Texas Open, which um, you know automatically becomes a subplot for the Masters next week. So we will keep a very close eye on this event and all possible Tiger Woods updates. We'll be back with round-by-round round recaps. And I imagine if Tiger does something official, there's going to be an emergency pod yes. that fires up. So stay tuned for that. But for now, let me give a big thanks to producer Jacob. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there, it's the coach. You can find him on Twitter at the coach rules and Kyle Porter, who you can find at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time.